Hey, y'all. You're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. What's happening, y'all? This episode, we are talking about the 1994 action comedy, A Low Down Dirty Shame. Shame! I'm sorry, I had to. I'm going to jump right in. I had you. You did. You did. I appreciate it, friend. (laughs) I, again, so for the listeners that might be new to our channel, our podcast, our home, first, welcome. And Mm -hmm. second, uh, about almost every other film, we do a Wayne's Brothers movie. So, <laughs> Bruh, since day one, we've been on it. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they literally were, were our pilot. Like, was see like, oh, do we really want to do a podcast? Let's talk about more money. <laughs> more money, more money, more money. Yes. And here we are talking about a, a singular Wayne's in this film, surprisingly. But a low down, dirty shame. Shame. I got need it. a button. Just, we do. Just insert it every time we say shame. <laughs> and so this film stars Keenan Ivory Wayne, Jada Pinkett Smith, Corwin Hawkins, aka Amazing Grace, uh, Sally Richardson, Kim. Oh no, Kim was in it. That he was not the only Wayans. Kim was in it. Duh, Courtney. My bad, everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. and then Charles S. Dutton, who I will from now on refer to as Rock because that's how I met him. That's how I know him. That's how I love him. Did you have any quotes uh, that stuck out for you? Because I have several, so I'm going to let you just go ahead and go first and, you know, get us going. Um, I have a few, but I feel like you have majority of them. So Give you go one. for it. <laughs> you go for it. You do your thing. <laughs> Get off me, lady. Stop tugging at my silk drawers. Don't love me like you do. (laughs) (laughs) Silk drawers and a red tie. I have got to wear these together. (laughs) That was a good one. That's a good one. (laughs) And then wanted to uh, give a special shout out to my cousin Kilo because he um, references this quote the best to me. Uh, <laughs> when uh, Peaches is about to leave for the post office and Wayman is like, oh, Peaches, on your way to the post office, could you please stop by the store and give me a box of relaxer and make sure that it says my last, last time, time you got, got me a super girl. girl. <laughs> I loved it because um, when he did, he actually had an interview and he said in his interview, oh, you know, they have this really cool thing where they can spray hair on your head. If you if you need it for a movie, I was like, oh, this is that that early that we just was figuring this out. Shaquina <laughs> definitely had his sprayed on. And then if you look in different scenes, it's sprayed on differently. Like one time it's a fade, one time it's a boosie, one time it's a like it's it. There's some scenes. There's a couple that I think they might have done, you know, afterwards where they went back and was like spray them on a, a hairline again. And it wasn't the same that it was Ooh. before. He definitely had on that like LeBron painted hairline (laughs) but i appreciate it because it's it's a far cry from i'm gonna get you sucker where that hairline was like child where's the mind it was that hairline was it was everywhere (laughs) that hairline i'm gonna get you sucker yeah you have too much money for that sir but he fixed it he fixed it in this one he was like spray me up beat me up (laughs) shawty and then once he you know stepped into himself again he went back to the fresh baldy. He did. The man did look good. Clearly, he had these women's fighting over him and whatnot. It was, it was a whole lot going on. She it says, was. Me a dog. <laughs> Listen, I felt that one. I wanted. I low key wanted Jay to pick it to win. I'm not gonna lie. He did in the end. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it it works out. But like, I like, I still wanted to see the fight. And in that fight, I wanted Jay to win. This is, um, I think, my favorite Jada Pinkett movie. Because we mm. we know, also, again, listeners, if you're new here, I don't give uh, Jada Pinkett no shorts. I don't give her no breaks. Um, mm. Short. 
pun. <laughs> but yeah, n- none of that. Uh, she don't she don't get an easy time around here. But this was my favorite one of her films. I think. Yeah. If I could, off the top of my head, I think so. Is it because it's a Wayne's movie that it's your favorite? With her, I think I didn't know her to be a predatory, messy old little woman, and. It helped me just see the character of Peaches. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Again, I said it. <laughs> so in speaking about the Jada and uh, Angela's beef in the movie, <laughs> she was like, "You, I look at your raggedy ass all day. Pocahontas coming here for five minutes. Now you want to dress all snazzy. Well, I mean, speaking of Snazzy and Jada Pickett, she was fly in this movie. Like, low-key, even though Shane kind of tried to diss her and talk about her outfit and say she salt and pepper must have had a garage sale. But it was cute. I would actually wear it and will still rock it, like, today. So, sorry, Shane. For me, with an I, not with an E. And then I like, okay, so been dancing around it, going back to Wayman, who clearly is the star of the movie. But mm-hmm. when they first run into his uh, white boyfriend, I'm assuming boyfriend, man, friend, uh, yes. buddy, V. Bernard. V. <laughs> <The> Bernard. <laughs> Save your tears, honey. You've never had a chance. Coffee's good with cream, but better when it's black. Ooh. Mm-mm. Calm down. <laughs> but it was him what he said back and for you Mr. Coffee <laughs> you want some steamed milk in your double espresso I'm your man yes he wanted to jump them bones yes get up all in that coffee he did he did it's okay it's alright oh boy man he was the best I, and and come to find out, I didn't know that Amazing Grace was Wayman. So, like, I've seen um, in the day during that time. I, I would assume now it would just be drag. But in the back of the day, they was calling it female impersonating. And and if I am if I have my times incorrectly, y'all correct me in the comments, please. But he referred to himself as a female impersonator. And he uh, was on Def Jam and did a whole stand-up. Childhood was funny. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I, for some reason, I feel like I associate this movie and like haven't seen it. And this is the problem with me, friends. I had to watch the movies because sometimes it's like chops in my memory. Because as a kid, like going through the TV station, like the TV channel station, um, you would, you would pick up in the middle of a, a random movie, even now, right? Especially on BET. Shout out to Tyler Perry. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so this would be that particular scene, exactly where you're talking about, will always be up there. And I would love it and and find it so funny. And then after that, I'm changing the channel. So that was honestly one of my favorite scenes. Had no idea what movie it came from until recently. I'm ashamed. Low down, dirty shame. Shame. Had to. Sorry. Anywho. Yeah, Courtney want to punch me in my face so bad. <laughs> this is why you record over Zoom. <laughs> Ooh, if we were in person, I feel like you would push me down all the time. <laughs> nope, nope. I would just look at you. I, I would just force you. You would have to look me in my eyes. Like, no, you're gonna look at me. Look, look at me. Play <laughs> <laughs> too much. But it also sounds like, you know, maybe somebody needed to, you know, do a little testing for you, baby. Why your attention span was so short? What's wrong with you, chat? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm so happy that now I get to watch these movies and really have an understanding of what the hell is going on, especially the the the, the characters most of the time. Because, I, shit, I don't even know the characters half of the time. Courtney, why are we here? <laughs> what don't throw me away, please. Okay, anyhow, we're away. <laughs> Anywho, I guess, uh, hell, um, moving along. <laughs> oh, when they're in the bar and 
Mendoza's act like he gonna shoot his own girlfriend in the head. Like, bro, that's that's the girl that you brought to the club. Why would I care? I I don't care that you shoot your girlfriend. You just a bad partner. He's <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. She wouldn't give me her phone number anyway. Five 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 six nine six nine. I'm a Scorpio. I love Chinese food. Call me anytime. <laughs> she, she was really trying quick. to get right. She was really trying to get out of there. <laughs> me. <laughs> Not gonna get helped. Unfortunately, I, that's a cautionary warning. Uh, ladies, make sure that you know the person that you're out with. And in the event that, you know, the popos ride up on them, that they won't use you as a hostage. Things to consider when you're dating career criminals. I just love that we always provide, you know, an educational gym for our that's listeners. That's why we're here. Yeah. That's why it's we're here. Because we care, guys. Because yeah. we care. <laughs> <laughs> the way his brothers wanted to be crime fighting action stars so bad. They did. They really did. I feel like in all of their movies, almost, it seems like they have, there's a role of a police officer to some extent. Or they, they fight in the bad guys with blank man. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then even with white chicks. White chicks. There's this low down, dirty shame. There's I'm going to get you sucker. They was always yeah. out here getting the bad guys. They just wanted to save us in a funny way. That's really interesting because then, so... This is ca- uh, categorized, obviously, as like a, a action film, right? Mm-hmm. So action comedy. Yep. Wasn't wasn't that like the theme in the nineties too? There was a lot of like comedy cop. Movies. I mean, this is still the case. I mean, that's whole like half of the Rock's career. <laughs> I guess you got a point there. <laughs> but I, I Deadpool, feel like- that's the whole like that's their whole genre. Oh, not like Deadpool, but like... It's an action comedy. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... But they have some serious uh, action ones that they did, too. Damon, when he was in The the Last Boy Scout, I think was supposed to be more of a serious um, action film. Mm-hmm. I don't think it got the attention that I feel like, but of course I love them, that I feel like it deserved. <laughs> but it was still like a really good movie. But I think mm-hmm. that they did really well in creating and, and fleshing out and building this specific genre of the action comedy. I think they do a the good job filling that void. Yeah, I guess you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. So they, they had more genre then, or they had a wide range in which they can be in as far as acting and their their productions. Um, but mostly we see or are familiar with a lot of their action comedies. Yeah. I think that too, that reminds me like, because Marlon is such a physical comedian, it's interesting that that is like his style and they are like, physical in different ways like Keenan did a lot of or at least try to you could definitely see where that like that's not Keenan but (laughs) (laughs) there were some shots where you could actually still see his face (laughs) so it does look like he was trying to be more physical and do a lot more of the stunts in this film and everything which I definitely appreciated and I think that that's pushing the physicality of like performing in a different way too yeah I think it was funny because he definitely had clear stuntmen I think that's also a part of the the joke here. It, I think that that's what they go for. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, actually, we do want you to show the stuntman being a completely different person, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the woman, just it could be a full white woman in a wig. It doesn't have to look like Jada Pinkett. It could just be just make it a short wig. Because those kicks, ridiculous. those kicks were not her. It, child. <laughs> <laughs> At all. But. <laughs> That um, Southern University sweatsuit that she had on when she was fighting was for I need one. Do they make them for A&T? Because I need one. Because we need it. There, It's out there. We at, we're asking, can we please yeah, get one? Yeah, send Thank it you. to us. If you, if you listen to the podcast and you know how to get us one, send it to us. We'll wear it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me, she was just fly. She was definitely fly in this. I can't lie. Even though she was like, you know, supposed to be this little shot sidekick. She was she was representing. Let's get into this diagnosis of her because I was concerned. I we need to see if there is a, a unspecified uh, disorder of delusion. She didn't couldn't separate between what was real, what was fake, 
she punched Chad in the face at the restaurant. That's an actor, ma'am. He gets paid for for those services. That that's he's not Chad in real life. That's not his real name. <laughs> she saw herself as like being this action. I've been at that. Had, had she been working and been in it at the range and practicing her karate? Sure, but she couldn't separate between what was real in her life and what was going on between her and Shane. Like oh, oh, Shane with this relationship that she's like, shame, I love you. Just, I think that was the dramatization of it because she feels like she's in a television show or something, or she's in the, as the world turns and is trying to play up being a character. I was just, I, we need to, I need some further assessment. And we just gotta be able, come, 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 come back here. Come back, let's do some reality testing. Let's see what you think is, real in the world or what is just in your mind child because tv is not real it's not mm. that's deep so like would you say like she's like within a personality disorder like type of delusion or she's out of that we got to create a whole new diagnosis for her type of delusion i think not personality no um yeah i think that she, we could use a a, a fake DSM podcast diagnosis for individuals that feel like they are on a soap opera. I like it. Okay. Soap so opera system. <laughs> I was just about to ask you what is the name? <laughs> soap opera system. Yeah. That An inability <laughs> to distinguish between uh, fantasy and reality. Um, we can add dramatization and theatricality. What if we tie in social media into that and like, hmm. no, you don't like that? No, I like it. I'm considering oh. I'm th- that was a pondering. That was a, hmm. oh, oh, I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, because if you think about it, what would that version of her would look like a lot of the influencers we have now? <laughs> yeah. So we should definitely include. TikTok not a real place, guys. It's not. It's an app. It's not? It's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and as a mental health professional, these diagnoses that they be telling y'all on TikTok are not real. Stop it. Not, stop, stop diagnosing yourself off of TikTok. Please. Please. Oh, please. People stop. are doing that. No. They're like, oh, ADHD. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I have a... Short attention span. I'm neurodivergent because TikTok says so. No, no. You need full psychological battery of tests to determine that. TikTok Ooh. is not assessment. I just yeah. wanted to make that clear. So, so this far podcast, this podcast is not <laughs> <laughs> medical advice. It is not psychiatric advice. Mm-hmm. It is not diagnose that diagnostic criteria that you be either we diagnosing these characters these make-believe things that's not real we not diagnosing mm-hmm. you don't you listen to our show and tell us that you got uh some form of psychosis because you also think that you are in a delusional relationship with michael b jordan like i do <laughs> <laughs> well well look at that it comes full circle I love yeah, it. Child, we won't gonna go no her episode without be Michael B. Jordan do not have to be in the movie for us to talk about Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Why is this the case? I even have on uh the shirt from his I got a free t shirt at his um HBCU tournament. What did you do for that shirt? I didn't have to do nothing. They just <laughs> shot it right at me. Just <laughs> <laughs> you did the numbers. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you had to have hops for that. <laughs> No, but, I paid the extra and had really good seats because I was trying to get really, really close to him because it was a couple of the day before my birthday, but I couldn't get close enough to hug him. I <laughs> <laughs> wanted to share that. I think soap opera-ism, is that what we're calling it? Yes, and we can specify it with um, specifiers of uh, uh, Instagram, TikTok, you know, social media. You can specify mm-hmm. it with uh, uh, streaming services or just mm. television. Yeah, I love it. Did you write that down? Not at all. Um, but it's recorded, so it's okay. Yeah, it's forever <laughs> out there. <laughs> we can get transcriptions. <laughs> Show clean. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do. I mean, other than just the 
the delusions. (laughs) (laughs) She has a good prognosis, you know. She's going to be with Shane. I don't know. No, she not. No, their relationship is not going to work. Shane told her, we have absolutely nothing in common. That's why, like, have I thought about you in that way before? Yes, I have. You look good. Your booty grew. Yeah. But (laughs) me and you, we not compatible in that kind of way. And I think that's sometimes, especially when you go through something with somebody, something that we call trauma bonding, Mm -hmm. it can happen where you then have that emotional attachment to that person. And I think that that is what we are witnessing. I don't, I think that there is going to be high and passionate for like a good, six months and then after that once they get past that i want to freak you all the time phase after that and they got to have like just regular life conversations it mm-mm, it's not gonna work no more. yeah and then I, I i get it yeah because her delusions may not get better <laughs> <laughs> not only her delusions it just doesn't seem like there is the age difference it does seem like right now where they are they're kind of looking at different different things that they want from relationships. Uh, Shame has the history of having uh, serious relationships in the past with Angela where Peaches don't really have that. And so I think that they just might be a little bit mixed match, but I think that their friendship will make it okay that they can can continue to work together and they can continue to be fine and be cordial and have good relationship with one another after the breakup. It's just going to take a little bit, but because I feel like Peaches is going to try to fight uh, shame, but you hmm, hmm. maybe she shoot might, him. She might try to shoot him. But after that, I think that they can have a great relationship with each other as friends and as uh, boss and employee and co-workers and friends. But this this relationship, I don't see this lasting past year one. Yeah, son. That sucks. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't even want to see them as couples counseling. They, that's not even no. not even gonna go that route. <laughs> okay, so in in that in that sense, I do feel like they'll be really good friends, mm-hmm. and they'll probably continue to fight crime together. Yeah, yeah. I think that he would give her more responsibility and let her hold the gun sometimes, and not just go get in the car. Yeah, because she she held her own. Like she was stomping on people's toes, punching them in the face. Hmm. That was mm-hmm. a good move, you know? She also yeah. got taken in the house. Twice. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say she had to be good at being a partner. <laughs> she but, tried. You know, that, yeah, that would be the, the, she can be the bait. That would be the thing that they dangle out there and then surprise, she got an Uzi. Like, we can, <laughs> we can work this out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can make this work to our benefit. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so who's next? Uh, but I want to, before we get into another serious diagnosis, just say that I feel like there is absolutely positively nothing at all diagnosable about Wayman. I feel like he is the most well-adjusted person in the film. I think that he has healthy relationships, good friendships, and clearly has things that he does to enjoy his time and fill his time with. He is loving life and working and taking care and providing for himself effectively. And Wayman is just everything. He is. I I am woman, stars in the moon. I am everything and everything is me. Whatever Kena said. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Wholeheartedly agree. They clearly had a whole cheer section at the club. Go away, man. Get busy. Go crazy. Get retarded. Go away, man. Get busy. Mm, mm, Get crazy. mm, mm, Get retarded. mm, mm. Uh, I do. If I could have a friend added to my circle, I would want a friend like Wayman. Wayman held it down. He held it down. And he looked like loads of fun. So I'm always for fun. Do you want, though... Like, they're shooting in this club. There's real stuff going on, Wayman. And you pretending you got shot? This is wine. Wayman, get up. (laughs) He started shaking everything. (laughs) It's just a wine. He... (laughs) But that's... That's why I need it. (laughs) I, I would I would definitely be the friend in the bed like bitch 
Jennifer. <laughs> and the Oscar for Best Actress in a Groovy Nightclub <laughs> goes to Wayman Harris. <laughs> <laughs> he was everything. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because, yes, I think there is absolutely nothing diagnosable about him. He was just... Mm-hmm. Yes. Well adjusted uh, and healthy. Well adjusted. And I in a sense he was a comedy for me, surprisingly. You know, so I told you the star, the real star of the film. Absolutely. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely the breakout right. star. Unfortunately, though, this is, I believe, the last film that we see him in. This film was released in 1994 and he um passed that same year. And so mm-hmm. we don't get to see him blow up Shui as he should have from his stellar performance in this film. Um, mm-hmm. But he is was a great talent and we still appreciate the, the, the moments <laughs> yes. that we were given in this film and from Amazing Grace on Death Comedy Jam. Because if you haven't seen that, go Google that and check that YouTube video out. It is hilarious. Yeah. But yes, Wayman just, whoo, child. <laughs> Shop shooter. <laughs> and it, I feel like everything he said just like accentuated his 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 facial feature. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Except when he got mad at shame and had to go find Angela in that club when he was <laughs> But it was still everything. <laughs> like how are you still fine with duck lips? I'm that kind of duck lip. <laughs> Not even the cute little, mm, but he had for real. What's that other bird, the ostrich, that, that people be posting a <laughs> meme of the ostrich with the with the face? I ain't seen that watch out. Girl, there's this ostrich <laughs> with the eyeballs, human eyeballs. Look at how I look when I'm ready to eat. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Sidetrack. But yes, he was cute and I loved him. Yes, we appreciate you, Waven. <laughs> okay, so moving right along to people who I did diagnose, though. So uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say Angela was a narcissist. I wasn't here for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, she was fine. Yes, she was fly. Yes, I think at one point in time, maybe she really did have some type of feelings for Shane. Mm. 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 But... She was gaslighting the hell out of him. She would just, uh, don't worry about it. We could just go make love on the beach. We don't need... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Angela was a bit of a bianch. It was terrible. I felt so bad for Shane. Like, oh, you really do love this woman. And she is just being, she is not treating you well. This is, it's not okay, Shane. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that she left. I'm terrible, feel terrible about the manner in which she left because it kind of ruined your life. But (laughs) maybe you had to go through it to learn. That sounds terrible. That sounds really mean. I I didn't mean like that, Shane. I'm sorry. It's okay. Because he's, is it? It's a shame. I hate you. Um, And so, again, guys, we here at the DSM podcast, we use the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. This is the fifth edition. However, there's a a, a text revised version that looks nicer and newer that I have around here somewhere, but I couldn't find it before we started recording today. So we're using the other one. But Mm -hmm. we uh, talk about narcissism quite a lot on this podcast because I guess it just makes for great television and film when the characters are narcissistic (laughs) and self-centered. It just seems like it it, it makes, adds a little, it's a little sprinkle that writers put into their their characters. And so uh, for the diagnostic criteria that I felt that Angela met, I felt that we definitely get to witness her as um, having a grandiose sense of self-importance and expects to be recognized as superior, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited and ideal love, believes that she is special and unique and can only be understood or associated with other special or high status people, requires excessive admiration, 
has a sense of self-entitlement, definitely. Interpersonally exploited. I mean, she stole the money. She stole all the money and let everyone just fumble around and everyone's lives crumble after she stole the money. Um, And lacking empathy, because it doesn't really seem that she felt bad about it. She was like, you also, you never could have given me what I wanted, which is to be number one. And that's kind of the whole reason why she let everything kind of fall the way that it did, which seems also just, I need, it's, it's all about me. And in a very negative way. And even when she killed the um, rock, how do you feel about yourself now? Stupid motherfucker. Could have had some pussy. Like, mm. bitch, he could have been mm. alive, but you worried about, you might have gave him some booty. Okay. Um, she was pretty ruthless. I wasn't expecting that from her. I mean, mm. he should expect something. Why she just start taking her coat off? And once you grab your titties, like maybe he thought she was unhooking the bra, but like, mm-hmm. men are dumb. Rock was. <laughs> <laughs> I take. I'm sorry, y'all. I shouldn't have said that. That was me sexualizing and generalizing for. I was about to say sexualizing. Are you sure? Is that what you meant to say? But I no, mean, she called him a stupid motherfucker, so it might have just been him. He was a stupid motherfucker. Yeah. Um, yeah, but aside from that, she just very, just very exploitive. And I didn't like it. I know she was supposed to be his love interest. No. No. <laughs> so, with her being a raging narcissist, how, did, what, how would you treat Angela and, and just narcissism in general? Uh because hmm. I'm always like, yeah, no, it's terrible. They can learn how to fake it, but that's it. But how do you how do you feel as far as working with individuals that may have narcissistic traits, characteristics, or full blown personality disorder? Mm. <laughs> that's a loaded question because I feel like when when treating a personality disorder, like one, it has to be like a specialization of yours like that. You have to choose to actually want to work with that population. Um, when I hear clinicians say, yes, I love and enjoy working with borderline personality. I'm like, yes, more power to you. I'm glad you're out there <laughs> working with this population because it is a challenge. It really is a challenge. And then, you know, some of the things that they're typical, like they're used to doing some of the behaviors, the way they communicate with people they're likely going to bring that into session. And so, you know, you have to be mindful and make sure that you're not getting gaslit and that you're you're paying attention and picking up on certain behaviors and not getting caught up within that manipulative type of, of thinking and operating. And so for me, it's a challenge. It is really a challenge because like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, um, I hate to say this out loud, but sometimes I'm a little gullible and I'll be like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And then I, I'm like, oh, shit, damn it, damn it. <laughs> they got me. Foiled uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, and then there's, a, there's um, and that doesn't mean like I'm, I don't feel like I'm, I'm capable of doing it. I think with training, of course, like this working with, um, personality disorders, I do feel like there's an extra level of training that has to happen. And even credentialing, if there's such a thing, I don't, I don't know, but I would even say, I would even go as far to say, like, if you want to specialize in that, by all means do it, but make sure that you have the training to work with that population because it can be a little difficult with being able to kind of maintain that relationship and like really, because, and I'm very person-centered So I don't see myself as an authoritative figure within my counseling relationship. I'm like a collaborator. And so with personality disorders, there has to be a very different type of relationship. And it has to be perfectly outlined for them to understand. Like you cannot (laughs) cross this boundary. You have to be very strict with your boundaries as a clinician working with that. So with, with her in particular, I think what I would start with is just understanding her reality, understanding her backstory, because as you mentioned before, the Wayans brothers don't do a really good job giving the female characters a lot of backstory. She's the first um, one. 
She's the first <laughs> one. She was the only like maybe maybe like we they time. I don't I don't know what it was, but they but grew she's up. She's the only one. Like he, <laughs> she, she's like I've been on my own since I was twelve. Like not a full story, but she gives but, us like yeah, some context something. for her being a selfish bitch when she's like I've been on my age on my own since I was twelve. Didn't nobody do shit for me. A thirteen, how the fuck she was when didn't nobody want to take care of her no more, and she was forced to go out here in these mean streets on her own. But like she gives us something so that like something, it's like yeah. oh oh okay, and then like we learn more about their relationship. I just wanted to say that like this was the only one because every other single time is is what the fuck. But like this one was the first time they like there you go. They heard us. You know what it was. They heard us. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's what had happened. But I feel like I still need to know a little bit more. Um yeah. and I understand like she had to take care of herself, but you know, I feel like a lot of us might have been in that situation where we low-key raised ourselves, you know, like what do they call it? Um Lock, lock key. What is it? Latchkey, latchkey, latchkey kid. Like I think a lot of us were. So you know, but we we're not out here being narcissists. Let me take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even finished it. Decent <laughs> <laughs> human beings. Yeah, we try. We do our best. She's not even trying. We can. We can. You know, agree to that. Because, yeah. and I think too, uh, especially with narcissism, like you said, maintaining very strict boundaries is going to be very important, especially even if you're just dealing with people who you see are, have some narcissistic traits. It's just maintaining those boundaries are going to be very important. And they also think that they are the smartest person in the room at all times. So sometimes, because, and too, I don't, I haven't been in a lot of settings where I've provided, provided long-term therapy Mm. i've been in a lot of brief therapy sessions so i have um run into some individuals who are displaying some narcissistic traits and i allow them to be the smartest person in the room Mm -hmm. you that that's the role that you you feel like you have anyway so i'm not going to try to match and challenge that i'm going to feed into that and Mm -hmm. then ask these questions to get the more information so that you have to dance yourself into that circle to where you answer your own questions yes yeah. Because you're not, child, I'm not about to get no power struggle with you. It's a, it's a game. It's a game, like literally. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you have to let them know I'm not participating in your game. And if I do participate, it's to a certain extent, you know, and and, and, and like you said, it's like, oh, I'm gonna let you feel like you're the smartest person in the room. Absolutely. Yep, sure. Because you I will do that. You is. And at the end of the day, the biggest point of how, like, I think, too, just how I operate, like, kind of like you were saying, with you being more so person-centered, you Mm -hmm. are the expert of your life. When it comes to you, you are the Mm -hmm. smartest person in the room about you. Don't nobody know Mm -hmm. you better than you. So go ahead and be the smartest person in this situation. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Wayman is, he He is entering into my spirit. But, um, (laughs) but I think that I'm going to allow you to fill that role. Cause you know what? Right now, go ahead and be that, and yeah. let's see how this let's see how this plays out. Because, like you said, they're bringing how they are and exist in the world into session as well. So let me see how you are, and let's see how that transference uh, counter transference plays out. What that brings up for me, because I know I'm gonna know that that's what you're bringing up in other people. Mm-hmm. Is it that oh, it's like oh, you are this authority and you're so smart, you're so intelligent. I'm gonna fall into this role, or is it like oh, you're an asshole, you're annoying as shit, or like how <laughs> how are you being perceived in the world? Because I'm gonna be able to to see that from how you show up in the room. Absolutely, and I I think too with with working with her, it's gonna be a matter of like having her tell me work through and and speak out loud what she feels a presenting problem is. And then working with her and helping her identify where things might have been, you know, different or the way that she might be thinking. So here's a pattern of your thought process. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I don't know. And I I might have to do my Googles, but Mm -hmm. I would I would assume that like a CBT approach would be uh, beneficial, you know, Um, maybe even a little DBT um, and dialectical behavioral therapy and helping them like find that that sense of self, that that mindfulness, um, being empathetic, learning to be empathetic, because that's also part of the problem. We, we, we would do a lot of psychoeducation and learning to be empathetic. What does it mean to be empathetic? Okay, we're, we're talking a lot about Angela, but I have a question. Do you feel that people who are truly full-blown personality disorder, uh, narcissism, mm-hmm. do you feel that they can learn empathy or that they learned the social norm of how to fake empathy? 
Mm. Learn the social norm. Of like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Not even necessarily mm-hmm. fake, just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Do I necessarily feel it deep mm-hmm. in my spirit, mm-hmm. spurred and soul the way that other mm-hmm. people do? Or mm-hmm. is it like, can they actually learn that? Or is it that I learn like the rights and wrongs of how I'm supposed to move? Maybe learn the rights and wrongs. And, and then also, okay, maybe, maybe they really just cannot understand how someone may be feeling in a particular situation or really have that sense of like, I am in their shoes and this is how I would take this information. But at least acknowledging at the very start that there are different perspectives in a situation. Let's start there. Understanding that there are different perspectives and that every person and every individual has their unique worldview and helping that individual learn that may help them start to adapt in ways of of getting to the feelings. I can empathize with that feeling because your worldview, I could see and understand it this way and therefore I can feel and understand it that way. Yeah. Beautifully said, ma'am. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about Angela. Yeah, she, she was went. wrong for shame. Yeah, she mm-hmm. got beat up. Jada Pinker whooped her at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the things. Um, she put up a good fight, though. She was in there one two one for a second. She but was. anywho, um, <laughs> moving right along to shame. Um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, did, any other thoughts? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we need, we need like um, embarrassment. Like, oh, oh. Is there a diagnosis for extreme embarrassment? Because, you know, if you fuck up a mission real bad, you know what I mean? Then it's but like... But he didn't fuck up the mission. He was set up. True shit. However... <laughs> he didn't know that. <laughs> he didn't know that. And therefore, it's like, oh shit, I fucked this up. Like, yeah, I'm embarrassed. Like, there's... Shame and guilt. Shame and guilt. And, and you know, honestly, friends, that really should be in a DSM. Because we all, like, we all struggle with some form of shame and guilt. And it can be so debilitating that we don't even recognize, like, this is nothing but guilt. This is nothing but shame. Um, I wonder why they, they call That's that. why it's not in the DSM. is because it's something that we all, it's not an exceptionality. It's something that we all struggle mm-hmm. with. It's a common theme. And I think that disorders more so lie in exceptionality. Something that right. is different from the, the norm. And because we do all function and in, in, in have some level of shame and guilt about something from somewhere, whether it is placed upon us or it's something that we create within our own selves, it is how we navigate through that that is what's different between us. And I think that that mm-hmm. is something that is just a general theme that could come up in therapy as opposed to like a full-blown. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, insurance don't want to reimburse us for stuff that's, you know, helpful for right by everybody. <laughs> Everyone feels that. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> we all need help with that. No, you you can't get paid for Well, that. you know, <laughs> I <laughs> that's funny. I But now, but with the way our society is looking and the way TikTok is acting... <laughs> it seems like everyone is dealing with some form of anxiety or depression. Shit, I'm there. I mean, so if it's at that point, is it really exceptional? If, it, if it's really just a part of our everyday experience, such as shame and guilt? I also think that there are times, I do agree that there are more people, many more people who are experiencing um, depressed mood, experiences mm-hmm. of anxiousness. I also think that there is an ex- a difference between generalized anxiety disorder and experiences of anxiousness. I feel like there's levels to this homeboy. And levels. I think that a, a lot of times because someone feels anxiousness about something, it's, mm. I have anxiety now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're and right. With, because there isn't just a, there isn't the teaching of coping skills Mm. they never learn how to address that uncomfortability that they're feeling. And there's mm-hmm. a difference between just feeling uncomfortable, something not setting right with your spirit and you not knowing how, you not paying attention to where you where you should be and how you should be moving because we all have that inner voice that tell us and those gut feelings, how we should be aligned. And if we're misaligned, it's not going to feel good. And sometimes I think that that is perceived that way because TikTok is telling everybody that they're anxious and they got anxiety. Hmm. Yeah. But <laughs> I also think that there is a, um, 
everyone is going to experience a depressed mood at some point in time in your in your life. Mm -hmm. That is normal. But I think especially in American society, there is this fear of being uncomfortable. Like mm -hmm. experiencing discomfort is bad. You're not ever supposed to feel sad. If you're sad, then there's something wrong there's mm -hmm. what do you have to be sad about is like a question that's often asked or you don't have nothing to be depressed about mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. things are said like that mm -hmm. and I, which I don't think is fair and I also think that sometimes we uh, I don't I think I'm using this word incorrectly and that's mm -hmm. why I can't ever say it but pathologize I think pathologize. we pathologize yeah yes, you I said it right that time yeah, yeah. all right we pathologize negative feelings when negative feelings are sometimes a part of life you're not supposed to handle certain things happily that would be incongruent that would be weird that would be diagnosable mm -hmm. you're supposed to have some that's why bereavement is a whole category somebody passes you're supposed to have feels about that mm -hmm. it's supposed to take time to recover you have someone who is in a tough situation and you feel empathy for them and so you feel you you have negative feelings towards it. like the world is fucking on fire like literally because I'm in New York and it, the sky is orange <laughs> yes, <laughs> and everyone's right. shooting everybody and the government not giving a damn and it's shit is terrible we're not supposed to feel good no we are not no but there's also not a what do you do with that how do you learn how to regulate to feel better? There's so much focus on the 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 this is uncomfortable and not as much on the okay what are the things that we can do to build up resiliency? What are the things that we can do to build up self-regulation? What are those things that we can do? Because the fucking world is on fire and it's not about to get extinguished no time soon. How can you navigate through this and not go fucking insane? We're making a record down here. <laughs> <laughs> because people are going insane every day. So just, it's... It's oof, I, that's why people is out here on drugs. Child life is hard. Man, listen. First of all, there is two things I have to say in response to that. True shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> people out here taking tranquilizers for drugs now, and I'm just like, wait, we've been doing this for 20 years. Where have I been? Like, it's, <laughs> people fingertips are falling off because it is like I was blown away. Like, what, girl? It's a whole article. <laughs> Not the fingertips. You lost your fingertips? <laughs> Man lost it. He had to get a whole mechanical arm. He looked like, I, yes, he looked like a robot. Girl, he couldn't do this. Not the hook. The claw's gonna get you. <laughs> the claw. <laughs> Girl. So, there's that. But oh. also, to add to your point, yeah, I, I really do feel like we haven't learned how to cope. And, you know, I think now the unfortunate thing is that social media is that happy place or that place where people cope. And so, yeah, the world is literally on fire, but it feels better when I'm able to scroll here. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like this escapism that we're all experiencing. And not to mention once metaverse really takes over our lives. <laughs> it feels like we're in a really long episode of Black Mirror. Oh my God, yes. Like literally. And I don't like the versions either way. We we decide to watch them. <laughs> I don't. They're, they all suck. The, the ending just seems to really just not be great. So <laughs> I do feel like, you know, I like you said, we are experiencing more people with anxiety, with with depression. However, there is a difference between the the anxious feeling, depressive feelings, and then the actual diagnosis. And so I'm, I, you said it beautifully and, and being able to differentiate between the two because it's important for us to do that. And I do agree that 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 seems to be the the topic of this of this session um, of this recording is like, Get professional, you know, opinion and help before you decide to diagnose yourself. It's hilarious to me because I even had a student tell me that my anxiety got so bad I couldn't come to class. Yet you've never been officially diagnosed. And how do I know this? Because you were getting a counseling session and they said you haven't been diagnosed. So <laughs> you told on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like. But people really do feel like, well, if I have this nervous feeling, if I'm constantly worried, then yeah, therefore I'm nervous. I'm 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 anxious. Um, but getting back to 
our discussion about shame. I do agree. PTSD to the fullest um, <laughs> with a lot of shame and guilt. A lot yeah, of shame and guilt. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I and I think that that added to this pressure, this this idea that I need to be, I need to take on this job because I'm the one that broke it. Therefore, I need to be the one that fix it. Yeah. I just, I hate that for him. And so for kind of going some of, going through some of the diagnostic criteria that he fits as far as um, how he is presenting with post-traumatic stress disorder, he had the experience of the event. It is, is experiencing the intrusion um, symptoms uh, with the distressing memories, the nightmares. The movie is, huh, this one is so good because all of the like the, the, the areas of lack in other films that we've done about them, even though I love them to death, there's no real areas of lack for me because I love y'all. But you know, it's, you left us hanging a couple times. But this one, it starts the movie off with like, this is what happened. Here's the news clippings. Here's the badge. Like, look, like put the pieces right in front of you. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because I'm a slow sometimes. Sometimes I just I just want you to lay it out. I don't want to have to think that much. So I appreciate mm-hmm. them for this one. But um, we see him kind of going through the clippings. We see him going through the badge, setting the stuff on fire. He's is yelling at Rock, talking about I have I I've had my nightmares. So mm. he didn't ask you about nightmares. You just you just okay. It's okay. You need a hug. Um, we also <laughs> see him avoiding people, places, and situations and feelings that are attached to that event. Having a negative emotional state, diminished participation in activities. Rock asked, "When's the last time you had a good time? You had fun. You went out. You had went on a date. You look you look mm. like shit. Clean yourself up. It was like mm. a um." One of them, what was the, the the college commercials? You ain't doing shit with your life. You're sitting there on the couch. You, you look ugly <laughs> as hell. You ain't got nothing going on. You might as well come to college. Like, he basically was talking to him like that. But <laughs> we, he has been the self-destructive behaviors with the suicide um, cases that he's taking on, how Rock describes him as well. And all of this is occurring since the incident has happened. So definitely within the time frame for it to qualify as um, meet diagnostic criteria rather for post-traumatic stress disorder. And so, <sighs> my poor brother. But my question is, mm-hmm. do you feel that this experience is retraining his brain enough to be able to process that situation and move forward? Or do you feel like he still is going to need like full EMDR? Full EMDR. (laughs) (laughs) Real fast. (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, because although he may have, um, although he may have like gotten through this and and ended up victorious i still feel like it's not it hasn't healed the wounds that he might be still feeling so he's still gonna need some additional talk therapy emdr all the things if he can get them all let's get them all okay i want to wrap around him let's get him some uh, some group counseling okay you know make sure he's getting to the ba or or no he's not (laughs) he's not in the military yeah, I don't think that's what that is. <laughs> My man. Wrong resource. I think it back. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, the police departments, they offer something like that. They offer, yeah. <laughs> they offer something. I will hope so, child, because some of these police officers. They need it. Ooh. Mm. Yes, they do. They need it. They, yeah. I, I feel like it should be a requirement, quite honestly. Honestly. And if you get caught in any type of shooting, whether it's you being shot or you doing the shooting itself, you need mandatory counseling mandatory the scenes that they have to walk up on like period like the, yeah. the dead bodies they have to encounter all of that I, ooh, y'all need help mm. processing all of that stop just you can't just then go play basketball with kids in the neighborhood after that that's right enough no wonder why y'all ready to shoot people because you you're triggered you're constantly triggered <laughs> like so i'm not making an excuse However, I could see Keenan and I mean Shame ending up in the same type of situation. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, where it's like he's keyed up and he hasn't really dealt with those high int- intense emotions. And so he's gonna look for the next thing and he's gonna find himself in a another type of situation, this this to this extreme where he might mm-hmm. explode or do something wrong and It'll just continue to cycle. So I, I, he needs to learn a little more. 
I think it ties back to what we said greatly with what you what you just said of like finding himself in it again because even if this does like rectify the the botched raid that did happen which was all a setup and it wasn't his fault at all and I hate that he has taken full blame on himself in that way but he doesn't even if this fixes that he's not learning any skills to move past the next something that could potentially happen. So if he does continue to fight crime and get the bad guys, the event that something else does potentially go wrong, he gets set up or anything could happen. He never learned how to separate himself from the experience of it. And so like you, just like you said, it may then potentially be the next thing is a traumatic experience for him. Yep. Like yeah. get help people. That's I think that's the, that's the, Title of the episode. Mm-hmm. Get help. Get help, <laughs> friends. That's what it's when okay. you write it out. <laughs> this episode is talking about how important it is for you to get help from professional, licensed <laughs> professionals. <laughs> yes, who do the work themselves as well. Because, like you said, the police officers they not doing what they need to do to take care of themselves, and they out here doing terrible things to our community. And we don't need no mental health professionals that's out here not taking care of themselves. Mm. doing harm to the community neither so i'm talking okay. to all of my professionals get y'all shit together too okay get in your bi-weekly sessions like me i love my therapist I love her. she's awesome how's that for you <laughs> <laughs> and if you do not have a therapist and you're looking for one you can go on our website and there is a link at the top where you can find a therapist in your local area yeah 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 okay last person that i fully diagnosed was uh roth miller rock he was a greedy asshole and getting promoted for being a greedy asshole and i diagnosed him anti-social personality disorder because to me he's the real criminal out of all of the people in the film it's him he the bad guy yeah yeah stupid motherfucker stupid motherfucker right exactly Yeah, And the criteria that I felt that he met was failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors by violating the law. How you the mm. law and you can't abide by the law. That's how it goes, don't it? Ain't you oh. supposed to uphold it? Anywho, mm. uh, deceitfulness as indicated by repeated lying. <laughs> Irritability and, aggra- and aggressiveness. We see that with him and his interaction with Peaches. <sighs> Come on, you bitch. Just mad because you got your ass whooped by a little girl. Okay, exactly. <laughs> it was a little scary thing, but she she took him on. Mm-mm, threw them hot with his oatmeal grits, whatever it was. Threw it at him. <laughs> um, <laughs> reckless disregard for safety of others and lack of remorse, as indicated by being indifferent or rationalizing, having hurt, mistreated, or stolen from another. And we see that just, oh, tragically, heartbreakingly, when shame is like, why didn't you kill me? He said, somebody had to take the blame. Mmm. Mmm. That's deep. He ain't no good. He ain't no good. He ain't got no good in you. Ain't no good gonna come to you until you stop by doing right by people. But ain't no good gonna come to you now because you dead, stupid motherfucker. Exactly. Exactly. So, let me get this straight. So, the, the part that he did that was unlawful was the fact that he hired Shane Child, no. So he everything. set up. No. So the whole botched raid was all Rock's fault. He set that up. He was going to try to take the money. He had, he betrayed the whole unit, but he was working with Mendoza the whole damn time and set mm. all of that up. And then it, it didn't go how it was supposed to. And Angela took the money, but he was violating the law by and being a crooked cop from before from the jump. movie even started. Yeah. From uh. the beginning. And so then him uh, working, continuing to work with Mendoza all the way setting up Shane and mm-hmm. it was never really about getting Angela it was about getting at Angela to get Shane Shane take it out make him take the blame again and then get the money and go through the business deals and kill Angela at the end which is what they were planning on doing but because The Rock was uh, 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 just a dirty filthy cop just mm-hmm. just just breaking the laws all the way through and then had been was moving up from went from LAPD to DEA and was doing all of this federal stuff now mm-hmm. from being a shady dirty cop and I feel like that's how it happens in real life which is why I don't trust everywhere everywhere it is so unfortunate and I, I asked that because I was thinking to myself like why would shame be allowed ethically to be on this case 
So it he wasn't. Is. So he was like, this is when uh, uh, Rock came into Shame, Low Down Dirty Shame headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this is a off the books case. This is personal. This is just me. But and doesn't so that sound was, crooked as hell? This is not off the books. This is just me. But if you think that somebody is doing, he said, it's personally made for you. You think that somebody is looking out for you, trying to get you a job, trying to do something to maybe the the, the bureau isn't ready to move forward in this way. But we know that you can get the job done, Shane. And the mission is to look for Angela. Like, we know that you love her and we know that you can find her. So it didn't seem fully out the way. But he knew his antennas, his little spidey senses went off when he knew that that was the only person that he told where Angela was. And then all of a sudden, the goons is outside. And now we got to uh, hijack the hooker and her and her John for her wig and, and his toupee so that we can escape and get up out of here and tie them up and put them in the elevator. It was just a mess, child. He was a mess. And I, lastly, I don't, matter of fact, the bad guy who they tried to make the bad guy, Mendoza, mm-hmm. the drug dealer, I don't mm-hmm. think nothing was wrong with him. He was a drug dealer, that. yes. But child, like, you beat up my cousin. First of all, in the first place, you stole my girlfriend. You lost my money. So, like, the drug mm. deal didn't go through, and then I didn't get my money back. And then, like, the whole time, you're trying to put me in jail. How is he supposed to act? You, mm-hmm. you a cop, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a drug dealer. This is how this is how our interactions are supposed to go. Am I wrong? No, no, you were not wrong. I agree, friend. I agree. Girl, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Is it too late? <laughs> I just had a couple questions about the film that just left some things that left me unsettled. I guess is the better, better phrase for when when Luis, the cousin, was running away from the white supremacists. He won't run it hard enough for me. He, he was trying. <laughs> Trouble. <laughs> they come in to kill you, bro. You better put some put some pep in your step. <laughs> He was like, I don't have a stuntman for me to run, so <laughs> I'm just going to give you my best effort. I don't run. I don't. <laughs> so that was one thing. Mm-hmm. Keenan addressed that in the future films. And, and two, so at the end, mm-hmm. when uh, Shame and Peaches is all hugged up mm-hmm. and they're talking about how, you know, Keenan then, you know, put him a little bunny in the tuck. He's going to take care, you know, finder's fee. And my, my rate and all of these things. And and he talked about how the money is adding up. And she says, so your assistant, as your assistant, that means that I get two things here. First, he said you get oh, 44, 45 an hour, which is one damn okay. minimum wage was low in 94. Mm. 445, here we are. At 15, depending on what state you live in. Depending on the state, child. Because mm-hmm. it, there's still people out here on, on 725. Yeah, I remember those days. Making 725 and commission. Girl, you was getting commission. I was just getting hours. Oh, just kidding. It wasn't 720. It was 525. Because I was on commission. Oh, yeah. It was ugly. Mm-hmm. But then, he said, in addition, there are some perks and bonuses. But they live he together. He still don't say he they don't live together yet. But mm. he still don't say how much money he about to break her off. He just give her a kiss. So does that mean like you just get to be my girlfriend? Bro, you better break me off some of that money. I don't want no dick if it if it mean I don't get no money. <laughs> Bro, you owe me money. You didn't pay me back the money that you just talked about at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Some damn kisses and give me some dollars. <laughs> Did you take the kiss off? The kisses off my lips and threw them back at him. (laughs) Fuck them damn kisses and give me the the kind of money that folds. (laughs) But do (laughs) we? That's you. I want your kisses. (laughs) Damn them kisses. Damn your relationship. Damn your week. I don't want none of it. (laughs) I want them dollars. Where them dollars dollars at? Where them okay. dollars at? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I now that you bring it up, I do want to know how much did she get? How how much did Angela steal? So no, it would. They, she had the whole trunk, so it was a whole bunch of money. It was millions, and millions of dollars in there. And he talked about how much money he was giving for himself. 
he never said how much Peaches was getting. Mm. She just get, you know, perks and bonuses. Bitch, what is perks and bonuses? Yeah, we gonna have to find a new job. Indeed. Is you buying me a way in a house? Like what? What? Where's the... <laughs> something. I need, need something. Right. I need an itemized list. Yes, itemized. Yes. With the dollar amount and everything. Matter of fact, that's a paper trail. You're going to send us to jail. No, I don't need an itemized list. Um, but I need some numbers. I like that you li- you thought about that. Okay, criminal. I see you. <laughs> we don't need paper trail. <laughs> I'm training my whole life for these moments. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, I hope she gets every dime that she deserves because she did her thing. She she helped save him. Thank you. So I need more than damn perks and bonuses. And that that's benefits and whatever the hell he said, because it wasn't dollars. And that's all I got to say about that. You got any other remaining thoughts, ideas, things that you want to share with the people, friend? I just think this whole movie is a low down, dirty shame. I hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but just like peaches, we need the kind that folds. Damn it. (laughs) As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye. You send a file.